Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. How many feel Him right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and just, just take a moment and praise Him. He's here. Come on, worship Him. Let's not rush this tonight. sound if you can help us somewhere thank you Esther it doesn't say the age of how old she was when her father and mother passed away but what we do understand is that they did pass away and she is left to someone and it was more to Kai that seems to be chosen as well as he chose to take her into his life and train her and raise her. They would bathe in spices and myrrhs trying to get all the blemishes and all of those things taken care of and 
there was outfits I'm sure that they could have chosen because of culture of the day and hairstyles and all of that but the chamberlain that was put in their life each fair maiden would have had a chamberlain that would have said this is what the king likes, this is what the king wants, this is his favorite color this is his way he likes the ladies to wear their hair, this is, this is his favorite smell and you know it's amazing because sometimes people are so caught up in culture they can't listen to what they need to do but Esther had something within her that she chose nothing more than what the Chamberlain required of her. She understood the wisdom, maybe the way she was trained by Mordecai, that don't do anything less and don't do anything more than what the king requires. And, and she listened. And when it was her turn to be presented before the king in his chamber, the king, it was a love at first sight. When he saw her, she had favor with him and he said, I don't need to see anymore. I want her to be my bride. Can you say amen? I want you to know today that many are called, but few are chosen. Many have been called to an altar of repentance, called to become the bride of Christ, but they haven't been chosen to be the bride because they chose to live their own life and do the things the way they want to do it. Let me just stop here and tell you what I'm preaching. It really doesn't matter what the world is doing. If it's not pleasing to God, then we do not need that in our life. If you want to be the bride of Christ, you've got to listen to the Chamberlain, the Chamberlain is his word. The Chamberlain says what he likes. The Chamberlain knows everything about the king. Oh, I wish somebody in this building would jump to your feet and say, I love his word because it causes me to get in favor with the king. Somebody shout hallelujah. He said, I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you do not have the word, you're a sinner. If the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. David talked about being blessed and he said, his law is my meditation all the day long. What was he saying? If I want to please the king, I have got to live according to his word. I want you to know today that God has put the chamberlain at each of your house in each of your lives. He didn't just say, one of these days show up and let me see if I choose you or not. No, he put a chamberlain in your life so you could become spotless, so you could show up without wrinkle. I come to tell you today, it doesn't matter where you come from. He puts a chamberlain in your life to remove the flaws, to remove the blemishes. Come on, to get stuff out of your life that was never intended to be there, that would be displeasing to the king. Can I say to this congregation, we've got to fall in love with his word all over again. We've got to fall in love with preaching all over again. Amen. It appears to me that when culture moves in the church, it pushes the word out of the church. It appears to me when we try to become more pleasing to the community, more pleasing to the world, that there's a less word and more entertainment. You've got to choose you this day whom you're going to please because he said if you please the world, then you're not pleasing me. If you love the world, then you don't love me. I come to tell you, I'd rather be mocked by society and accepted by Jesus than be loved by the world and, and rejected by the Savior. 
There's no second chances. Let me under, let you understand what I'm saying. You see, one of these days, he's coming for his bride. He's coming. He, he's already made the introduction. He's already made the invitation. He's called us. Everybody shout, we've been called. Do you know the Bible says he called them to the marriage? He called them to the, to the, to the dinner. And people said, well, I'm too busy. I, I can't come. I, I bought a farm. I, you know, I, I got married. I bought an oxen. I, 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 can't, I can't come. And uh, he, so you know what he did? He let anybody come that wanted to come. Matthew 22. He said, go to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. He sent them to Coshocton, compelled them to come in. Oh, yes, he did. He, he, he sent them down to Gloucester and compelled them to come. He sent them down to Moco and started compelling them to come. Yeah, he did. He, he, he sent them to Cambridge. He, he sent them to New Lexington. And he sent them all over the regions. He went for the city folks, the highways, and he went for the country folks in the hedges. You know what I'm talking about? He, he called them out of the sticks. I'm one of them, amen. I'm glad he just didn't go for the city folks. But he called me, and he said, come. You know what? I believe he called them all of the jungles of Guatemala. Oh, he called a whole lot of people. He's calling them out of Vietnam today. Had a record service in Vietnam today. Amen. Praise God. Many are called. Esther, you're not the only one that's been called. But he's going to choose somebody. Somebody shout, many are called. But you know what? Many are called. Man, I can't get away from that. How can you hear without a preacher? How can he preach except they be sent? Thank God that he sent the chamberlain to my door and said the king's invited you to the wedding. He's invited you to be the bride. He's invited you to be with him forever. Watch this, be seated. And in Matthew 22, he went to the highways and the hedges. Everybody shout the highways. Look at your neighbor and say city folks. Tell the hedges. Look at your neighbor and say country people. Hey, old brother Bucky. That's an inside joke with brother Nehemiah. You know, he's got the country's voice I've ever heard. He went for the country folks, brother Gators. He did. He bid them to the wedding. Boy, they packed it up. He bid them to the. He bid them to that. To that dinner. When they got there, he looked out and there was. One man that didn't have on a wedding garment. He said, take him out and cast him out of here into the lake of fire. Just because you were called doesn't mean you could show up any way you want to. He's prepared something for us. But he has expectations on when you get there. He has the choice to choose or not choose. I personally believe the reason he kicked him out is because the man knew better 
they weren't just bid. You're, you're coming before the king. You, you just can't do things the way you do with your neighbor, with the king. He, he, he has expectations. He has expectations that you come in clean. You come out from dirt. You know, let me tell you something. He would have never bid them and had expectations that he didn't put a chamberlain in the inviter to say, let me tell you how you come to the king. You know why I think some people didn't come not just because they were busy, because they didn't want to clean up. And I'm convinced that some people, they want a modern day Christianity where they can live in the world and say they're saved. They can live partying on Saturday night and go to church and feel good on Sunday. It doesn't work that way because he's going to separate the goats from the sheep. He's going to separate the wheat from the tares. He's going to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. You got to make up in your mind, I didn't come here for me. I come here because I've been invited to be with the king. And if that's what he wants me to do, that's what I'll do. I'll change whatever I got to change. I'll do whatever I got to I want to please the king. Come on. Somebody shout, preach to me, preacher. Well, I'm going to. The chamberlain, I believe, is compared to the word of God. It knows everything about the king. Come on, if you're not reading your Bible, put those books down. Come on, if you're not reading your Bible, quit reading self-help stuff. You need to get back in the book. You don't need some psychologist, some psychiatrist, some, some philosopher telling you how to live life. If you're not in the book, you better be careful. You'll fall away through the wisdom of men, leaving the wisdom and the principles of God. You don't want to do what the world, come on, that's what he's saying. Love, not the world. I'm not against self-help books. I'm not against self-bettering, uh, understanding. Sometimes the children of the, of the world are wiser than the children of the light. Jesus said, I understand that. But never, never at the point to take precedence or to take authority over his word. His word has got to be truth in your life. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. If you're reading books on education, you need to judge it according to the word. If it opposes the word, throw the book in the trash and get a hold of what the Chamberlain's saying. I want to be right with God. I want to please the king. Come on. Soon and very soon, the song says, we're going to please, we're going to see the king. Oh, come on. Andre Crouch said, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Is there anybody here that says, one of these days, I'm making a trip. I'm making a trip to the other side, and I'm going to please the king. <laughs> Esther. Esther says, Chamberlain, that, you know what? Whatever you say, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. I, I need to, these are the spices and the myrrhs and that's what I need to bathe in. Okay, that's what I'll do. This is what you want me, want me to wear? This is what the king wants to wear? Yes, that's it. That's all, that's all I'll need to wear then. Uh, you know, a lot of the ladies going downtown, they're shopping such such place because that's, that's the latest fad. That's where everybody's going. That's, they're buying a certain type of outfit. You know what I'm talking about. You, you remember when bell bottoms were style? I hope they don't ever come back. You know, that's just ugly. Poodle skirts. When I was in, was I, when I was in school, they pegged the jeans. I come to school and the girls say, Aaron, you don't, have your pe you don't have your pants pegged. I don't really want them pegged, but you're not cool. Everybody's pegging the jeans. I said, well, peg them. Prop my foot up there like that. 
some girl in high school, you know, she pulling the hairs off my leg trying to roll those. <laughs> You're fitting in now, you know. Everybody else. You know, fads are sometimes just ignorant. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I remember school boys, boys walk around, they have one leg pulled up to their knee. I can't strut. I look like I'm hurt, you know. That's what everybody else is doing, you know. Then next thing I have some of my buddies start listening to some rap music. Next thing I know, they come in, a hat sideways. A hat sideways. The clothes were too big on them. You remember when MC Hammer came out? Can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun. Y'all remember that? How do we go from parachute pants to skinny jeans? <laughs> then they come to school. Guys, I went to school with. They come. They're like, what's up? The belt loops down here. You know, I mean, I mean, if a bee stung him, it hadn't been over. They're holding the pants up. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're holding the pants up. And they say we're crazy. You try to dress like people you don't even, like people you don't even know. You don't even know if you like them or not. You just know it because everybody else is doing it. And Esther said, I don't care what they're doing. Just tell me what the king wants me to do. That's all I care about. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Because I want to do it. Come on. You don't need to be, you don't, you don't need to put your head down because you're different and you're, you're holy and you're a virgin and you're pure. Don't you put your head down. You belong to the king. God's called you out of that. He's called you out. He called you out. Let me tell you the, the most attractive people. I'm not saying you should fix yourself up and, you know, they, they took a whole year to try to do that. No months to try to do that in the scripture. There, there, there should be some taking care of yourself and spirit of excellence. And don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you go to, you, you should go to Walmart in your pajamas because you belong to the king. Amen. You know, I don't care what people think. I'm going to go with my house shoes because you know what? I don't care what people think. You need to care a little bit. You need to care a little bit. There ought, there ought to be something about you that... Come on, there's a difference between holiness and homeliness. How I many know what I'm preaching right now? I believe Esther had a spirit of excellence in her life. I do. I believe she took care of herself. I believe she bathed. You need to bathe. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. <laughs> you need to bathe. You need to take care of yourself. Amen. It's not in there, but they say it's in there. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Amen. You're not going to win anybody if you smell. Oh, let the church say Amen. Some of you got real quiet and said, I can't believe you're saying that. Because I was talking about you. You need to take a bath. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to take a bath. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. Come on, I'm not saying you shouldn't brush your teeth and take care of yourself. Hey Amen, I'm not saying, well, I done jumped off the cliff on this tonight. I'm just teasing you. Some of you got offended. I can't believe you said, I stink. Be seated in a moment. Watch what I'm preaching to you tonight. She took care of herself. She didn't walk in there and say, I don't want to be like the world. 
hair on her messed up, sleep in her eye, stunk. Some of you checking yourself, eh? God have mercy. She went in there because somebody got in her life and said, it matters who you are. You are somebody. Just because your daddy wasn't in your life doesn't mean you do not have a purpose. Just because mama disappeared out of your life, doesn't it doesn't mean there's no plan for you. Come on, you don't have... Don't act like everybody else because you're not going to be like everybody else. Come on, quit living like everybody because you're not going to be like everybody. God's got a plan for your life. And Esther's with the Chamberlain. Just tell me what the king wants. Okay, all right, all right. Do I look okay? It's, I don't have hair to fix, but you think the king? Oh. Told King about you. The Bible says that she had favor with the Chamberlain. How can you please the master if you can't even please the pastor? How, how, how can you make it to heaven and be submitted to God if you can't submit it to a man of God? I've seen I've seen people leave that I reached in broken states. In broken states out of, out of the gutter and they make statements like I don't need anybody telling me what to do and you're going to become like everybody else see not everybody's going to be cho call, chosen many are called everybody's called come on everybody's called but somebody's got to find it, it's amazing when I see people come in and they just they just start straightening them. they just start living right you look over in there and no, no, nobody told, told them to linger in the altar they're just in the Nobody told them to do this. They, 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 they're just something in them. And, and then when you tell them, hey, we're going to have prayer meeting, they'll show up for prayer meeting. You're talking about fasting. They just fast. Why? Because there's something in them that starts believing. I've got something greater than the family I come out of. I've got something greater than the background. I realize daddy walked out of my world. I realize mama left me. But I just feel like I've got a purpose. I'm preaching to somebody in this room. God's not done with you. Yes, you got dirty. Yes, you failed. Yes, you made a mistake. But I'm telling you, get up. Be seated a moment. When I said, I said there's no second chance, let me explain that. Honey, I'll never forget when you told me the night that Sawyer went to the altar and repented. He was five years old. Oh, evangelist Brother Godwin, Greg Godwin was preaching, preaching about the coming of the Lord. He, he, was, he, he had been preaching, not about the coming of the Lord, but he had been preaching. And uh, Sawyer looked up at Cindy. You know, how, you know how preaching can be sometimes when you're a kid? Mom, is he almost done? I have literally pulled out of my driveway to go on vacation and, and get into the get into the Lambert Road. I live on Lambert Road. It's a mile and a half long. One of the kids said, we almost there? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes kids are that way with the preacher, you know. He ain't got the plane, off the, the plane out of the runway yet. He's still climbing. He's, he hasn't even left the runway to get. Is he almost finished preaching? That's what Sarah did. A little bit later in the sermon, he, he said, Mom, is he still preaching? A little bit later, Mom, is he almost done? Somewhere, do you remember that, Cindy? He said, Jesus is coming. When he said that, Sarah looked up and he said, Mom, Jesus is coming. He said, yep. He said, he said, 
He's, he's only coming once. She said, yeah. He said, not two times. Sorry, you're too young to probably remember. You're five. You say, she said, you said, not two times. She said, uh-uh, just one time. He ran to the altar and repented. He's not coming another time to give you a chance between the coming of the Lord and judgment. He, I'm telling you, when he, when he sounds the trumpet, the angel sounds it, it's over. They're, they're no more trying to please him. Chamberlain folds the book. The preaching of the gospel is never going to happen again. It's done. The gospel's over. I'm going to tell you, after the rapture takes place, there's not going to be a choir that's going to be anointed. There's not going to be a worship service that's anointed. You're not walking in and feel the presence of God. I'm telling you, if you can get to church, get to church every chance you can because when the trumpet sounds, it's over. It's over. The bride has been chosen. It's over. Quit talking about what you're going to do and do it. Quit talking about how you're going to get better with God and get better. It's time to do it now. Somebody shout right now. Clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Esther, it's time. The king has called for you. It's time. It's time for you to go before the king. Months of preparation. Long times are preparing for this moment. And when she walks out, he looks at her. I'll never forget the day as long as I live. This month, 15 more days on the 16th, Cindy and I will be married 18 years. I'll never forget when the door opened and here she came. Somehow all those people disappeared. If it just. <laughs> Somehow. Don't ever say he doesn't see me. He's watching you. He wants to know, do you want to please him? Her hair, you know, if she showed up in her pajamas, I'd have been insulted. She walked into the chamber. Something moved. The Bible says she had favor. See, I'm telling it from Esther's narrative. She doesn't know the king. She's seeking to please somebody that she's never met. All she knows is the greatest authority, highest hierarchy, highest person in the world has asked for a moment with her and very possibly a forever. It's not just church. Well, if we're God that we haven't seen but yet we love, every day we're saying no to this and trying to keep our garments clean because any day now, any day now, the Chamberlain can say, it's time. So you turn this off and you guard your eyes here and you say no to this and the words start coming. You say, I can't say it. Because it's what comes out of a man's mouth that defiles him. And so I choose not to say the joke and I'm not going to listen to that song. I'm not watching that show. I'm not doing this because I, I, I the scripture says he's going to present to himself a glorious church. 
without spot, without wrinkle. I'm sorry, but I just can't have that friend speaking in my life. I'm going to be lost if they keep talking to me. I've got a call on my life. There's weeping in the room because God has called you. Don't defile the call because he does not have to choose you. Revelation 19, read it later. It says that he's coming after a bride by the lead that has made herself ready, clean. Is your heart clean tonight? And white. Amen. Which is the righteousness of his saints. It pleases God for us to say no to our carnal, dirty flesh. Oh, is anybody here when I'm preaching tonight? The Chamberlain gets up every Sunday. Don't wear it. Don't go there. Don't listen to that. It's just the Chamberlain saying, hey, keep yourself clean. Don't date the wrong person. Don't fornicate. It's not pleasing to God. Don't get a bad attitude. Don't get bitter. It's, and Esther stands before when he chooses her. She says, all of that separation was worth it. It's going to be worth it. Let family reject you, but don't be rejected by God. Am I preaching to anybody? Come on, it'd be better to let the spouse walk away if they make you choose between living for God and them. I'm not leaving God. I'm not giving my eternity. Come on, one man once, one time said, he said, if my wife's going to go to hell, then I'll go to hell. They get divorced later, you know. Going to give his eternity to somebody who won't even stay with him. When am I preaching to you? You better get your heart right. My, I can't get away from it tonight. This is not my plan right here, right now. But don't you put off tomorrow. I, I, I don't know. Because if death knocks on your door, it's over. There's no more altars. There's no more preaching. There's no more pastor bounds. There's no more brother goblin. There's no more evangelists coming. No, it's over. You've made your choice at that moment. Verses like, you'll be judged by every idle word. How about stuff like this? Verses like, that which is not of faith is sin. How about verses like, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. We don't have time for false doctrines of grace that says you can live any way you want to and God just going to overlook that. That's, that's from hell. Paul said, shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. You don't live in sin because he forgave you and he's merciful. No, you come out from the world. Be a shepherd, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, I want to be clean. I want to be clean. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of the Lord, you may be seated. While she was in the Chamberlain's quarter, before she ever made it to the king's quarter, 
May I say to this congregation of believers that the Bible tells us in Esther chapter 2, verse 11, and Mordecai, I walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. It's not a thing when God puts an Esther in our church just to not know how she's doing. The kid in this church. The Bible says pure religion undefiled is is to minister to the, the fatherless and the widow. This is not a Sunday event. This is where you get your hands on people that the world has cast away. That mom and dad have both left their life. They don't have any spiritual direction. Amen. And you get your hand on their life. It's not just for a Sunday number count. It's not just for to fill up a classroom. It's not just how many people we can get in the building. But when Mordecai got in her life, her life, he did not walk away. He was there every day. How's she doing? I wonder what's going on. I wonder if she's okay. I wonder, I wonder how things are going for. I'm talking about getting a burden for people that are not your own. And what Esther found out in the story is there was a man that loved her that did had no responsibility of her. He really owed her nothing as a cousin. Nothing except there was a burden that came in his life for a fatherless and a motherless child. Over 19 million children in the United States right now, according to the census, come from fatherless homes. 19 million. I'm going to tell you, we believe in feeding the hungry and giving water to the thirsty and clothing the, the naked and going to the jail. But how about the verse that says, I was a stranger. And Jesus said, you took me in. I know it's getting quiet here right now. But we got time for our family and we got time for saved people. But do you have time for the fatherless and the people that have no one giving them direction? What Esther found is her future lied in the hands of a Mordecai that had no law responsibility except there was a burden that God put in him. Let me tell you something. There are hundreds, even thousands of people in this region that need direction, but people are so caught up in their saved circle. They can't have anybody to reach for them and to mentor and to lead and to guide. God, I want you to know today if Esther was preaching here, she would say there needs, a more, there needs to be a Mordecai in the community. There needs to be a Mordecai driving a church van. There needs to be a Mordecai that will get in some kid's life that daddy walked away that daddy's there needs to be a Mordecai that'll say I realize you're not my daughter but I'm going to train you up as if you were my daughter with great purpose <laughs> Esther 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 would say every fatherless needs a Mordecai today can I ask you a simple question are you too busy for the fatherless? Are you too busy for a person that does not have a mom in their life? Because if the Chamberlain's the preacher in the word of God, I'm going to tell you right now, Mordecai is the church. Mordecai is the church. God didn't call the church just to minister to church people. Jesus stood at a door of a sinner and he said, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I would not want to stand before God and have nobody following me into heaven. I would not. 
want to stand before God and have never led somebody that had been orphaned by society not into heaven. There's got to get something in us. It says if I've got to knock doors every Saturday and buy a church van myself to get people on, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to go get Esther and I'm going to bring her to the house of God. I'm going to go get Esther and I'm going to bring her to the place of I'm going to let her hear the Chamberlain. It's going to be because of me she gets the preacher in her life. Hallelujah. We've got more buses now than we have drivers. Tens of thousands of dollars we've spent on church vans to pick up unchurched people, but we don't have enough drivers. It's not the will of God. Was that on? It's not the will of God. For there to be thousands of people here that would love to feel what we feel. But they've never been invited. No one's ever offered them a ride. No one's ever said, I'll come out of my way. I'll come and pick you up. I'm going to tell you what we need tonight. We need a Mordecai revival. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're going to have a Mordecai revival. One, two, three, four, five. To where everybody's bringing somebody. Everybody's bringing somebody. When that happens, you can't get them in the building. Oh, you'll have one service, two services, three services on a Sunday morning. You can't because everybody starts realizing if I'm the church, I'm a Mordecai. It's my responsibility to reach for those that the devil. Come on, if the drug dealer's reaching for the fatherless, the church better reach for the fatherless. We need to be reaching for somebody. Somebody shout amen. There's more Dannys in Christus. Come up here. Come up here, Christa. Be Esther for me tonight. Hallelujah. And a drug home. There were drugs in her house. I remember when she came to this church. Put your hand at the Holy Ghost. Come on, the Lord's doing something on you. Go ahead, Christa. He Proud of her. I'm proud of her. She was a bus kid. Uncle passed away in the bedroom beside of her due to the lifestyle he lived of, of drugs and alcohol. Mom and daddy were lost in drugs. Her life was ravished to no furniture in the house. Am I telling the truth? Remember when you told me, you said, I come home and the furniture's gone. He said, I realized that mom and dad had an addiction, was spinning it all on their addiction. She was upset. They had something they couldn't get delivered of, you know. You see, people can be delivered if they know who the deliverer is. Come on, God can take 22-year crack cocaine right now. He, he can remove alcoholism right now. It's nothing too big. They just need to know there's a deliverer. You remember praying for mama? Remember when she came and she got baptized? You put a prayer cloth in her pillow. You remember that? She came and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mom and dad, drug addiction, I don't know what I'm going to do. Pastor stood right here, I believe it was, and I said, you know what? I don't know what to do either, except we're going to pray. Here's a prayer cloth. Put it in your mom's pillow. Two weeks later, mom was coming out of the water. A baptism in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, they're both clean today. You know why? Because Esther has a... Sit, sit, sit right there. Sit right there in the, in, in the pastor's seat. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, you can be seated. She had a mom and dad, but they were somewhat checked out because of that stuff in their life. And, and I love them. You know, I'm not talking bad about them. But, but when you came, your life was a, stati a statistic waiting to happen. Every statistic says you should be a criminal in prison, 75% chance more. I could tell more. That's statistics says. But Mordecai, in the form of many people, from youth leaders to Sunday school teachers to bus drivers, I'm going to say it right now. I'm convinced if somebody hadn't drove the bus, you wouldn't be here. It's inconvenient when everybody else is going to the restaurant. You're carrying kids home. Sunday night, when everybody else is getting to hang out, I remember, I can't name all of them tonight. There's so many different ones that drove that van. But I don't ever remember you missing a service since you were, how old were you when you came? 14. Except a handful of times because of sickness. Not very many people want to stand beside you in judgment. They got all these excuses. And you climbed out of a drug house with nobody waking you up, ironing your clothes, getting you ready. But I'm going to tell you what brought you here. There was a call of God and there was a chamberlain. And there was a more... Come on. Can I preach or y'all ready to go to the restaurant? Come on, can I preach so we can have a breakthrough in this church? Are y'all ready to go home right now? Come on, I come to tell you there's a whole bunch more Esthers in the community, but God's waiting on Mordecai to stand up and say, I'll be the one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From what I heard, there hadn't been a bus ministry on Wednesday nights in a while. We got a great children's program on Wednesday nights. I'm glad, honey, that you're going to be driving a van this coming Wednesday night. And Brother Jeremy, wait your hand over there. He's starting a van route this Wednesday night. She's going to be bringing him, and he's going to be taking him home. I'm glad there's a Mordecai. Her pastor's wife came to the Lord because of bus ministry. Come on, is there anybody in this room that says, I want to be involved with bringing Esther to the house of God. I want to be involved bringing Esther to the Chamberlain's Corners. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Oh, you may be seated. I, 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 there's a wise part of me that quit right now. But there's an anointing on me that I can't lift. And something happens. There's this, there's this devil in the kingdom. He happens to be a hierarchy in the kingdom. His, his name is Haman. He's, Haman is an agate, an agagite. Uh, how many know what an agagite is? Two. You're smarter than me because I didn't know until two weeks ago. Haman was a descendant of Agag 
who when Samuel told Saul, destroy the Amalekites, all of them, every one of them, take them all out because of what they did to my people. Destroy all. It's symbolic to sin. But Saul shows up with the oxen and the sheep. You remember that, Brother Tharp? And uh, you, you see, well, I can't believe preachers say I can't have that in my life. You better or it's going to create a monster in the future that's going to destroy you. Come on, this isn't about rules and regulations. This is about hearing the voice of God. I'm, I'm not up here on sermon.com. I've had my ear to the throne of the king. And God said, destroy the Amalekites. And he says, Brother Greg, he says, oh, but we had victory. We overcome the Amalekites. See, the reason some people have small victories is because they overcome without total submission and obedience. It's like knocking Goliath down but not cutting off his head. They have moments of victory but then can later kingdom battles. The reason is is because they can obey to a point. But everybody in the room has something. You can be seated. Everybody in the room has something that you hold on to that until you let that go, you will never become victorious completely. For the Bible would say, free indeed. See, so people have moments of freedom and moments of victory, moments of breakthrough, but there's always that something. The Bible says... That Cast aside every weight and the sin. What is an issue to you is not an issue to you. But there is something in you that God said, you better get rid of that. But it's tailored toward you. Are, are you, you hear what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor and say, you better get rid of what God said to get rid of. And he spares King Agag. And study says, it appears that he spared him long enough for someone to conceive and had a baby that years and years and years later became known as Haman that wants to do what? He hates Mordecai. He hates the people of God. He hates the Jews. Oh, help me, Jesus. See, what you do not destroy today is later going to destroy you. Won't be long, you'll be gone. Won't be long, you'll be back where you used to be. Because what God said to lay on the altar, you thought you could handle it because, here it is, the people wanted you to. Don't ever base how you live on what family and community and culture says to do. Because they'll say spare the king. They'll say keep the sheep. I mean, my lands, this is the best pedigree flock we've seen in years. Let's get, we can even use it and offer it on the altar of sacrifice. Come on, come on, Saul, just keep it. I mean, it's the cheapest, it's the best. And he said, I listen to the people when he should have listened to the chamberlain. And Saul spares Agag that generationally down produces Haman and has such authority that he's got the king's ring on his finger and uh, he's got authority in the kingdom. 
he sends a word. Man, I feel like preaching if y'all hang with me a little bit. I'm telling you, God has given me divine revelation if you'll stay with me for a little while. Do you have a little time? Watch this. And he, he has authority. And he said, there's these people that's not living according to the law. They're doing this and whatever. And he says, here's what we need to do. Let's, let's write a letter. Let's get rid of these people. You have to understand, the Persian kingdom went from Africa all the way to Europe, all the way over to India. King Ahasuerus was over one of the largest kingdoms that had ever been. This is post-Babylonian captivity. This is after the book of Nehemiah and Ezra. This is toward the end where this time of this is. And this kingdom is huge. And so what they did, they had horsemen, what they called posts or postmasters. We would use that today or uh, uh, postal delivery uh, man. They would take and send letters and the king would stamp them and go to every 120 provinces and they would send a decree and they would say, on this date, every Jew is to be killed on this date. And um, something happens though. The king can't sleep at night. And uh, something, something began to move. And when the word gets out and uh, I, I, can I see your paper? Word came to Mordecai. He said, have you heard what Haman's going to do? He has released a law to kill every single Jew. And he grieved. He went to the gate. The Bible says in the gate he cried aloud. Ah! claw ashes. He began to grieve for his people. Esther sent him a garment. How many, how many has ever read Esther? Esther sent him a garment and said, hey, you need to take those. You need to, take, you need to wear this. The Bible says, but he refused it. See, people didn't know who Mordecai was to Esther. That was, nobody knew. As a matter of fact, he told her, Brother Shook, he said, don't tell people who you are right now. There's a time for that. Just, just don't say who you are. You just walk in the favor that God has given you. And Esther hears that Mordecai is down grieving and, and sends word. They send word back and said, Esther, Haman has said he's going to kill every single Jew. Now Mordecai sends word. The preacher, she's, she's in a higher position than him. You'll never be in a higher position than the Chamberlain, though. You'll never reach a place where you do not need the authority of God's word. Never. Never. Who am I preaching to tonight? We need God's word in our life. It's the greatest authority. It's the greatest authority. He speaks to her. He speaks to her. And Mordecai speaks to her. You'll never be in a place where you don't need the church body. Can you say amen? Oh, let me preach. And he speaks to her and says, Esther, have you heard? There's a decree of law by Haman that's been sent out for every Jew to die. I need you to go. Here's what he said. I need you to go to the king. Esther, you got to go to the king. And she hears this and gets a message from the, uh, 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 the chamberlain that came in and said, Mordecai has sent word to you that you need to go see the king because this is what's about to happen. And she, she reads the letter and she sees what has been sent out. And, oh my goodness, she sends word back to Mordecai. I can't. I haven't been invited to the throne of the king in 30 days. Mordecai, you got to understand that there's a law. There's a law that if you go to the throne, if you go through the, the chamber of the king and you have not been invited, that if you, he does not put the golden scepter out. 
you're dead. And he hasn't invited me. I haven't been invited. I can't go. He sends word back to her. And I'm going to have him get, get, get this ready. He sends word back to her and this is what he says. He says to Esther, verse 13, chapter 4, Esther 4 and 13. Then Mordecai, I commanded the answer to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Just because you're queen and you've got favor doesn't mean you're not going to be killed. Come on. You need, to go, you need to go to the throne room. You need to go pray. There's been a decree against your family. There's been a decree against your people. I come to preach to everybody in this room. The devil has done everything he can. He's got a decree to take every single one of you out. He already has a decree, a law, to destroy you, to destroy your family, and to kill your kids. Esther! You need to go to the throne of God. You need to, excuse me, you need to go to the throne of the king. But what I'm paralleling this in Esther's journey, there's got to be a moment you said, I can't stand back and let the enemy get my kids. I can't let them take my family. I can't, I'm going to the king. Yes, I am going to the king. Somebody say amen. Watch, watch, it's powerful. When he rebukes her and says, you're not exempt, he says this, this, this famous statement, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, quit talking about future prayer meetings. At this time, if you hold together your peace at this time, then shall their enlargement, he said, God will send another deliverer, but you're gonna die and your family. Can I tell you something right now? If you were going to have revival, God, God's going to do some things he prophesied in the book. He wants to use you. He's called you to do it. But if you don't do it, he's going to bypass you, use somebody else, and you'll be lost and your family. We don't have time to postpone what God's calling us to do right now. Come on, if you've ever said, I'm going to win a soul, i got to do it now. God will replace you. Here's what he said. I'm going to read it. He said, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. I'm telling you right now, God has called you now. And I'm speaking under the authority of the Holy Ghost. That if you don't get yourself together, get this right, you're going to see destruction come to your family because you ignored the call of God. But if you will bend your knee and go to the throne of the king right now, he's going to use you to destroy the enemy. He's going to use you to destroy the decree against your family. Come on, your salvation is in your mouth. Your family's future is in your mouth. Be seated. She sends word. He sends word to her and this is what, that's what he said. And he said, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther, you're good looking, but it's not the reason you're the queen. God has brought you here for now. Somebody shout right now. I'm not preaching to the future church. I'm preaching to the church right now. He said, now is the time. Now's time to call a prayer meeting. Now's the time to go to the king. We have no time to waste. Now is the time. Somebody say amen. Watch. She sends word back to Mordecai. She said, get the church on a three-day fast. Tell them all to start praying. He trained her that way. 
He told her what to do when times you need to go before. You need to go on a three-day fast. You need, to, you need to call the Jews on the prayer meeting. Oh, yeah. And she says, watch this. She says in verse 16 at the last phrase, she says, and I'll go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. But I'm going. Because there's people depending on me. There's a Haman that has to be tapped. If I perish, somebody shout, if I perish, I perish. She enters today into the throne of King Ahasuerus. She enters today in fear of the king. And when she walks in, come on, Esther. When she walks in and he sees her, would you hand me the golden scepter? I'll use this end. She walks in to the king and she wasn't invited. When she walks in, she's nervous. That's right. When she comes in, oh, Esther. He touches her with a golden scepter and says, what can I do for you? See, when we truly come to the Lord, there's an element of fear of God. I don't want to be lost. Come on. And that was her approach. I, oh, God. Just, I'm just glad to be here. They don't care who sings. They don't care who's preached. They're just glad to be here. They, come on. They're glad to be invited. But there's a fear of the king. Esther, what, what can I do for you? And she says, I, I have a banquet I want you to come to. And uh, I made you a meal. I want you to come. And uh, he said, I'll come. He came and while she's there, she said, I'm, I, I, I want you to come and only bring Haman. Haman. Everybody say Haman. And said, uh, we'll be there. You go ahead, go ahead and go back and go get that meal ready. We're coming. Haman goes home after the king says. He tells his wife, he said, guess what? He gets his buddies together and says, guess what happened today? I've been invited to the royal banquet of the king and the queen. No one else gets to go except me. And his wife says, you know what you ought to do? You know Mordecai, the only one in the kingdom that won't bow to you? You know that guy that sits at the gate that irritates you, everybody else. Haman, Haman loves to be worshipped. Everybody in the kingdom, when Haman comes by in royal apparel, they fall down to his royalty. He's not even the king, but he loves to be worshipped. He loves when people stay home from church and worship him instead of God. Boy, that went over. He loves it when they watch ball games instead of Oh, it's tight, but it's right. He loves it when they will worship him. He's trying to steal worship away from the king. But Mordecai, he won't bow down. It gets under his skin. His wife says, you know what? You're going to the king in the banquet tomorrow. Well, I need to move on. I'm meddling right now. I got to move on. I'm going to get in trouble here right now. How many know the devil would love to steal your worship? 
steal your time away from God. Can I get a witness from somebody in the building? Hear me now. Young people, are y'all with me tonight? Oh, yeah. Haman goes home bragging about his royal banquet. He gets to have with the king and the queen, nobody else in the kingdom. And she said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to, you ought to ask him permission to kill Mordecai and build a gallows and kill him. He said, you know what I'm going to do that? He built one 50 cubits high. I've tried to study it. Why so big? 50 cubits, that's 50 plus feet, possibly 75 feet tall. That he's going to hang. Maybe he wanted everybody to see who he was and what he's destroying. The, the Jew. You know, I don't, I don't know. I can, I can only speculate. But what I do know, he wanted to kill Mordecai. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have the gallows built. And he said, I'm going to tell the king tomorrow. The next day, before they can get to the banquet, the king is awake all night and he can't sleep. And he, and he looks at his recorder and said, man, I can't sleep. There's something going on. And he says, watch this. He said, is there... Something missing. They said, well, there was this guy. Here's the records. There's this guy that spared your life. His name's Mordecai. And he had heard about a plot against the king. And he told and they were destroyed. And your life was saved. He said, anything ever done to him? They said, no, nothing was ever done to him. He said, well, we'll honor him today. Haman, come here. What would you do to the man that would get the highest honor in the kingdom? Scripture says Haman thought it was going to be him. He's already invited to the banquet, you know. And he, he says, uh, uh, well, put him on the king's horse and put the royal apparel on him and have him to sound, this, the, the, sound the alarm and walk him through the streets and tell how amazing he is. And he said, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do that for Mordecai. And he said, don't let one thing that you've said that somebody should be honored go without. You know what? Haman had to get the king's horse, had to get the royal apparel, had to do all these things and put it on Mordecai, put him on the king's horse and lead him through the community talking about what a great man this was. Let me tell you what happens when you let Esther become Esther. God starts reversing the curse. God starts shifting things around. I'm going to go ahead and serve the devil notice. You've had your day in Zanesville in southeastern Ohio, but God's about to show himself to this community. Hallelujah. God is about to show his church that prize church like the fine china that's been set back in the cabinet for the special occasion. God's about to open up the, the china cabinet door. What is ready for the best time there is and display the finest of his people. You listen to this preacher. Just before he comes, he's going to show off his church. Just before he comes, he's going to show off to the people of God. Do you believe that tonight? He's going to lead us. He's going to lead us. Be seated for a few moments and watch what happens. Well, Haman goes on crying. You're not going to believe this. I thought you were going to the, you know, you got this banquet to go to. and all You're not going to believe what happened. You know Mordecai? I had to lead him through the streets today. Put royal pear on him. And his wise men you ready? Esther 6 and 13. His wife and his wise men said this to him. If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall. Haman, I hate to tell you, but you're coming down. Watch. Thou shalt not prevail against him, but shall surely fall before him. 
You can only come against the church so long until you start collapsing yourself. Saul, it's hard for thee. Why persecute me? Why are you kicking my church? He said, it's hard to kick against the pricks. What he was saying was, you can't attack my church and get anything out of it. It's going to come against you. It's going to reverse. It's going to fall. You cannot stop the church of Jesus Christ. I come to sell the de- serve the devil. Notice, your day is over. Somebody shout, it's over. I wish somebody would jump to your feet. Come on, everybody jump up and say, shout, devil, your day's over. What you said was going to happen is not going to happen. And I speak today under the utterance of the Holy Ghost to tell you the greatest harvest, the greatest breakthrough, the greatest prosperity that we've ever seen is upon us. Don't you quit. We're too close to the end. God's going to do what he's planning to do. Somebody shout, God's going to do it. Amen. Come on, Brother Derek. Come up here and help your pastor. Somebody shout, the devil's day is over. I'm almost done, but be seated. I'm almost, don't get discouraged. I just feel to finish. God's put a lot in my spirit. Esther prepares the food. Haman's got to pick his chin up a little bit to get there, you know. He's discouraged. He comes in. Well, maybe this is going to cheer me up. I get to be with the queen and go in there with the king and and uh, the dinner's been made and the king said to Esther and he said, oh, Esther, sure smells good in here. Oh, I'm so excited. You told me you got something to tell me. Just remember, as I told you before, whatever, whatever you want, I'll give you up to half of the kingdom. See, what starts off in fear starts getting a revelation I've got a voice with the king. He declares my end. His thoughts toward me are not evil, but they're good to give me an expected end. See, after you live for God so long and you start living according to the chamberlain, living according to the word, and you start understanding, you know what, I might have grew up and been rejected. I might have had some things that walked out of my life, but understand this, now I'm starting to learn something. The king cares about what I care about. Come on, cast all your care on him for he careth for you. I'm almost done here tonight, but I just feel like preaching to somebody. You have a voice with the king. God has given you voice with, come on, Esther. Go ahead and tell him what you want. It says, what's going on? She said, I'm just gonna tell you. She said, there's a letter that's went out to destroy me and my my people. Sweet little Esther cooking a nice little banquet. She said, King, there's somebody that's set a law to destroy us. And King said, Who is he? Where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And she says, And Esther 7 and 6, throw it up here. And Esther said, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. She didn't say, it's Haman. No, you see, when you start understanding who you are with the king, you get something called boldness. 
I'm talking about Esther's journey. She was fatherless. Mordecai came to her life. She was feared of the king. She, she got favor of the king. She, she was scared to death to go in there, but it's different now. Now she knows that the king wants what she wants. The king's desiring what she desires. She starts realizing that she's more important to him than anybody in the kingdom. I'm just coming to preach to you right now. Yes, he loves the world, but he loves his church. He, he loves his church. He gave his life for the church. He, he shed his blood for the church. Can I get a witness right now? They say, yes, he loves me. Yes, he loves me. Yes, he loves me. He spoils me. He listens to what I, I wish everybody would jump their feet and clap your hands and shout. He listens to me. Look at your neighbor and high five them and say the kings are listening to you. Watch. And here it goes. I'm almost done. He says, the king storms out. Haman falls on her bed begging her. And the king said, you get out of here. And they said to him, well, Haman's already built a gallows for Mordecai, the guy that you had him to honor in the kingdom. He said, you take him there and you let him be hung on his own gallows. You know what we're going to do? We're going to reverse the curse tonight. There's been a letter written by Haman to destroy you and your family, but God's given you authority to send it back to him. Come on, what the devil was going to do to you. Come on, what that witch has been praying over your life. Come on, there's going to be a witch screaming tonight because the curse is going back. It's, it's, I wish somebody would reverse the curse and say, I'm going to make it. God's got a plan. My family's going to be saved. Somebody shout it, yeah. See, when you know who you are, and you understand how the king sees you, Esther starts understanding. He wants my future. He wants me to be blessed. He wants me to have half of the king. I don't have to drag myself in and out of the throne room. He wants me in the throne room. And before it's over, he said, is there anything else you want me to do? She said, yes, I do. He's got 10 boys. There's more of them. There's, there's more Agagites because she's a descendant of Kish from the lineage of Saul. And what the great, 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 great didn't do with King Agag, an orphan girl's about to do. kids about to do it there are going to be regions in the globe where we've never had a breakthrough but God's going to send an Esther to the church that we're going to train up and send them to have victory I come to preach to you Esther is going to have authority with the king come on bus kid come on young person it doesn't matter where you come from God's got a future God's got a destiny God's got a plan God's got an anointing He's got a breakthrough for you. Who cares what Haman's doing? God's going to give you authority. Oh, clap your hands and shout. Clap your hands. 
I'm giving you authority of my kingdom. 
that whatever you say, it's as if I said it. Now, now here's the point of the message. The king now comes to Esther. He says, oh, Esther, is there anything I can do for you more? See, it starts off her worried about going to him. But when you get to the end of it, the king's coming to her. <laughs> That's why living for God's like. It's not long the king comes and says, hey, anchor, what do you want me to do? I've given you the authority. What do you want me to do? And she said, "There's a, you know that letter that went out by all the postmen, all the horse riders, all of those? She said, send another letter out and let it say that no one can touch the Jew. And if they come against the Jew, then the Jew has authority to kill them. Send a letter that says the Jew has the right to protect himself and that anybody that comes against them, they have authority on... Come on, Haman. What you tried to do is now reversed. Everything that you've given authority to has now been stripped of. Now we've got the authority. Who cares about the prince of your city? Who cares about the prince of spirits of your neighborhood? Who cares about the bondage spirits that's been ravishing your family's life? You now have the ring. You now have the favor. Why don't you start speaking with authority? Get away from my family. Get away from my city. Get away from my pastor. Get, get out of my life. Get away. Go ahead, Sister Cammy. Get away from my son. Get away from my children. Get out of my neighborhood. Get away from our schools. Haman, your day is up. Somebody shout, it's over. Lift your hands and worship the Lord.
has given you authority. It's already on you. Lift your hands and start speaking it. Lift your hands and start speaking it. Come on, I want you right now praying over your family, praying over your neighborhood. Hallelujah. Brother Adam Nelson, come up here, wherever you are. Come on, right now. In the name of Jesus, right now, I pray. Hallelujah. Come here, son. Something's moving. Come on, the Lord's calling you here. God's calling you here. God's doing something now. Hallelujah. In the name, in the name of the Lord, Brother Mark Melick, come up here with me. Tom Melick, come up here with me. Amen. Brother Ryan, come up here with me. Sister Ryan, come on down. Hallelujah. Brother Christmas, pastors. God. I want to tell you all something. I want you to listen to me. We're going to make a covenant in just a minute. We're going to move forward. Do not listen to the voice. God has a long plan that he's unfolding from years and years ago. Not only did the wise men, not, 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 not only did Mordecai understand that Esther, if you don't do it, he's going to let somebody else do it, but you're going to be lost because you didn't do it. He said, Haman's own wise men said, I'm sorry to tell you, but what happened today, you've messed with the wrong people. And his own wife said, you're done. I know you didn't realize it because he's a humble man down by the gate. Don't ever mistake meekness for weakness. Come on, elderly grandma in a church, let her open her mouth and watch what happens. I feel like I got one pants leg rolled up. Holiness, little holiness girl at the at the school, seemingly all by herself. Just let her open her mouth. Watch what happens when she says, Jesus. And cripples get healed. And I want you to lift your hands and make a covenant with God. I'm listening. I am listening to the voice of God. I will prophesy because God's bringing deliverance to my community. I will not listen to the voice of the people. I'm going to listen to the voice of God. Hallelujah. Ah! 
I'm telling you all, you go tell your church, you go tell Esther what she is. You go train up Esther. Go reach for Esther in your community. Go reach for the fatherless. Go reach for the neighborhoods. Go, go, go to the trailer courts. Go to the apartment complexes. Go there. Get a bus. Go knock some doors. Now the rest of you, here it is and I'm done. Mordecai, it is your responsibility to train up and raise Esther. And you keep talking about reaching the world as apostolics. But how can you reach the world if you can't reach your own neighborhood? Adam, the Lord sent you to us. What you're talking about, and I'm going to have you just for a moment come and talk about their neighborhood and the sign. Then we're going to pray, and they're going to be led of the Lord. Sister Carolyn, the devil thought he had you to destroy you. What seemingly was 40 years. But God has had his hand on you. And he's going to bring victory through you and through your family. You have always belonged to the Lord. God loves you. Yes, yes, yes. Greater things are yet to come. Do you believe that? And the Bible, speaking of Mordecai, the Bible says that Mordecai became greater and greater. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. The scripture says that when the decree of Mordecai went out, it says that even the people of Persia became started becoming Jews because of the fear of the Jews. I believe drug dealers are going to run to the church and say, I don't want no judgment on me. I'm going to get into the church. I, I'm tired of being in sin. I'm going to become like them. Come on, what they were going to destroy, they now become a part of. Come here, Brother Adam. He's going to commission you, and you're going to make a covenant. I want you to tell them about the neighborhood, the sign, and what we're going to do for Easter. So Easter's coming, and we're going to do a campaign. It's a three-point touch campaign, and there's going to be three different levels. One is going to be a yard sign. One is going to be a ticket-sized card. And one will be uh, a mailer that your neighborhood will be getting. And so the way it's going to work is when we get our yard signs in, you are going to go to the back, wherever we have them. You're going to write your address down, and you're going to get a yard sign. And when you take that yard sign, you're going to get a stack, a small stack of little ticket-sized cards, maybe about, they're going to be about two and a half by five inches in diameter. And so you're going to have these cards, and the goal is when you write your address down, take that stack of cards, you're going to put the, the sign in your yard one day. You're going to pray for your neighborhood every day. The next week, you're going to walk that neighborhood, whether it's just down one street and back down the other, the street you live on. You're going to knock on the door. You're going to hand a card that says, be my guest. I want you to come to church on Easter. That's all you have to say. Walk away. The, the following week, we're going to send a mailer to everybody you gave a card to down that street and back down the other. At that point, we're going to have over 1,000 people on Easter Sunday. Come on, I believe it. This is our city. 
Cambridge City, Coshocton City. Come on, God's calling you to be the Esther in your neighborhood. He's calling you to go before the king. But give me a church that has no Esthers and I'll show you a church that has no authority. You have to have Esther to have divine authority. Esther is destined by God. She's placed in your path and God's just waiting on you to become spiritual enough to recognize with a burden, I've got to reach Esther in this room. Now listen, you've had a lot of battles in your life. Not everybody knows your story. The reason the devil fights you the way he does because you have a great future. And the battle's been in your mind that troubles your spirit. But if you'll set your face like a flint and say, I'm going to be apostolic. I'm going to be the child of God. Those mind things are going to go away. Lift your hands. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.